What's up, everybody? We got a fantastic show for you. We're going to kick it back a little bit tonight. We're going to have a little fun show. We're going to try to interact with y'all a whole lot more tonight and get Chillax. y'all involved. Get y'all involved. Um, but look, LSU baseball is playing tonight. We were gonna we were gonna go after uh, the game ended, but the game's lasting a little, bit, now. little bit longer <laughs> than. We thought it would, and it'll probably end in the seventh inning. Uh, I think uh, one of y'all can comment and give me the uh, give me the facts on that. I'm pretty sure it'll end in the seventh inning. It's a ten run uh, rule, I think, in the seventh, and they'll probably call it. Um, but it was going a lot longer than we had expected, um, so we just went ahead and kicked it off. Um, uh, and we we figured y'all would all kind of join in since the game was pretty much over with anyway. Um, but we appreciate y'all joining in, and we're excited about tonight's show and interacting with y'all. Uh, Zach, LSU baseball started off a little little struggle, little struggle bus, but they got it going. Um, and obviously, the game's still going on right now, and we can kind of give you some live thoughts about it and what's going on throughout the 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 show until the game is over. Um, but Zach, what, what have you seen so far tonight that you like? Obviously the hitting, I mean, they're hitting the ball all over the yard. Uh, Hayden Travinsky, obviously y'all saw our uh, opening thumbnail. Hayden Travinsky is really hot right now. Um, you know, he's a guy that I don't know if you can take him out of the lineup. And apparently we, we got word before the game that, Malazzo was going to get the start, and then yeah, I don't know if he just didn't feel well. Uh, I messaged Cody. He said that's what he believes happened, that, that he just didn't feel well, um, maybe tweaked something a little bit, and just didn't feel safe playing. And so they insert Travinsky into the lineup, and it worked out. Uh, it's kind of like the Braden Joe yeah, Bear situation at the beginning of the season. Beloso gets hurt, and it works out. We also kind of have some breaking news, Reagan. Apparently, Beloso – um, had his bat in hand, his helmet on, his gloves on, and was going to come into the game. Actually, I just got word from Cody. Beloso is going to get an at-bat. Woo! So, breaking yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need like a siren. Beloso. <laughs> breaking news. Or, yeah. or like a <laughs> – doesn't Bobby. Blake have a – <laughs> yeah, he's got – I don't know what he's got. He's got some sort of little board. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Belos is going to get at bat. So, I'm going to have Love to pull it. up this game and pull it back up because I turned it off because yeah. 
you know, at, at a certain point, you're just like, well, there's no really uh, point in watching this anymore because um, they're just going to keep rotating pitchers and, and LSU's going to yeah. keep rotating uh, players out in the field. And that's it's kind over. of already started. <laughs> yeah, it's over with. Um, all I got to say, Reagan, is this this is what I wanted to see. Um, you want to see LSU do this to a team like Grambling. And all due respect to Grambling, but you want to see LSU do this during the midweeks. And they've had some struggles during the midweeks, um, but not tonight. And I hope, you know, tonight carries over into this weekend because you've got a really, really tough opponent. And we'll cover it more on Friday uh, as we recap the game on Friday night. Yeah. But LSU's got a tough opponent, opponent that's actually struggling right now themselves in Mississippi State. You know, they haven't had the greatest start to the year, you know, coming off a defending national championship. Yep. And, you know, it's a big series for LSU. You got to go on the road to Duty Noble and both teams kind of struggling and both teams a chance to take a, a higher position in the SEC West. So, you know, a game like this can be a big motivator, um, but it also can kind of be just like a, you know, we're just kind of going through the motions because this team that we're playing isn't that good. Um, so, but they they luckily I don't think they've done that tonight. They've they've really hit the ball well. Um interestingly though, Reagan, you saw that Jay Johnson did flip the lineup, put some new guys in there. Yep. Collier Cranford gets put in a short. K Doty gets moved over to third, which we know you've been talking about for a while now. And you know, Thompson stays at second. So, you know, um interesting to see, you know, and, and Collier Cranford has actually gotten some hit tonight so uh really encouraging early from the tigers yeah uh i mean you, you, they're doing what you wanted them to do kind of like you said um th- this is what you wanted to see on a night like this um the only thing i have with this is um i just i wish that bianco would have been the guy at short um I think he has a little bit better bat than Cranford. And to be honest with you, I, I think he would probably do just as good uh, at shortstop as Cranford did. And then, I mean, right off the bat in the first inning, uh, you had a guy at first base and Cranford took his time a little bit too much trying to make a decision uh, on whether to try to get the lead runner at second or to go ahead and make the throw to first, and he took a little bit too long um, uh, on trying to make that decision, and the runner was safe at first. Um, Now, obviously, I I can't make the statement, well, Bianco would have made the right choice uh, there, and he would have got it easily, right? Um, But, you know, I I just – I like the fact that Bianco being a coach's son, uh, he typically makes the right decisions a lot when it comes to fielding. Uh, and he makes his decisions timely, uh, being a, a, a coaching, a coach's son. Um, one of the, the plays last year, I believe it was in the regional, uh, when he was, when he was playing in the outfield, uh, or, or I can't remember if it was regional. Honestly, I don't, I don't even remember the opponent, but he made a play uh, out in center field. He threw to third base, and and you typically wouldn't see an outfielder do what he did in that situation 
But being a, a, a coach's son and being at the ball field as probably much as he, uh, you know, is and having that IQ, he was able to read the defense and, or, or read the, the base runners quickly and make that decision and throw to third. And he actually got the out on the play. And it was really impressive. And I just think in situations like that, like where Collier Cranford was kind of in between, couldn't make a decision, didn't know where to go. A guy like Bianco or Bianco, however you say it, um, would be able to make a decision more swiftly. And most of the time he's going to make the right decision. And also, I think I said this earlier, but I I like his bat better than Cranford's. Uh, You know, Cranford got a hit tonight, yes, but I I don't want to give too much to that because – and he's got on base a lot, I think, because of walks. I mean – all due respect to Grambling, their their pitching tonight has been atrocious. Uh, maybe one guy yeah. had it went pretty good, uh, but looking at the numbers with some of the guys that were coming up, they had more walks and they had strikeouts. There, uh, the amount of hits that they had allowed and their their ERA uh, that they had allowed was was pretty significant compared to the pitchers we're used to seeing. So I don't want to make too much of that with Collier Cranford's hit and. And him getting on base because, I mean, let's be honest, uh, I think the opponent has a little bit to do with that uh, tonight. So uh, I I don't mind the move, though. Obviously, I've been saying, hey, put Doty at third, put Doty at third, put Doty at third. I think that's where he's most comfortable at, and I think that's where he belongs. But the issue with putting Doty at third and then throwing another guy in the lineup is what do you do? with Jacob Barry. Exactly. And he made the decision tonight to put him out and right, and then you immediately saw the effects of that. Yeah. Um, he misread a ball. It was labeled a hit. It was honestly an error. It should have been an yeah. out uh, because he way misjudged the ball, uh, and it cost him. In fact, it cost us, I, th- I think, two runs or, or at least a run. Uh, so – I, I, if you're going to take Geo out and put a put Doty at third, and then put another player at shortstop like Cranford, like Bianco, I think you need to DH Barry, and I think you need to give Joe Bear a shot out and right. Uh, he is Joe Bear is faster than than Barry is. Uh, and you, I, I, I mean, that may just be that's my personal opinion from what I've seen on the base pads. Joe Bear is no, no joke when it comes to some speed, like to, to getting around the bags. I don't think he's like Dylan Cruz or uh, maybe Jordan Thompson or Trey Morgan on the bags, but he's pretty quick for his size. Uh, and I think he's definitely faster than Barry is. So I really would, would rather, if you're going to do that. And I think it is a smart move. I really do. I think if you put Bianco there at short, you'll like what you see defensively a lot more because I think Doty is, is comfortable at third. I think Bianco is solid anywhere on the field, honestly. And I think Joe Bears would probably – I mean, even though we haven't seen it during, you know, fall and, and preseason, he was playing out right field. And you weren't hearing much negativity about that. In fact, you saw a lot of people predicting Joe Bear as your right fielder. So yeah. I'm kind of surprised we, that we did. Yeah, like I, I, I'm surprised that on a night like tonight, when you're playing Grambling, you know that's something I feel like you should try out uh, as a coach. Um, 
throwing him out there and seeing how he handles it. And you can't take Jacob Berry out of the lineup. I mean, you just can't. Uh, but I think his role is best played at DH, honestly, in, in this team. And it probably was his best role at uh, Arizona as well. Um, but you just haven't got to see it yet. I mean, but Jacob Berry is the hottest hitter on the team right now. I mean, he he's hit in several games consecutively. He had several hits this past weekend. Uh, he, he had two hits I know of at least tonight. Or, no, he had three. He had a home run and he's had two singles. So, you can't take him out of the lineup, but I think he needs to come off the field, honestly. Uh, I think he's it'll it'll be best for him to be at the DH spot. And let's see what Joe yeah. Bear can do on the right. Um, some other things you've liked to see. Uh, uh, the pitching has been pretty decent tonight. Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's actually been pretty good. Honestly, overall, we should the have season is zero it's been runs. great. Honestly, you should have uh, given up no runs tonight. We have had a Reagan, lot. On the, on the season, they yeah. are top – I'm pretty sure they're top four, top three possibly in the SEC in pitching and hitting. The pitching tonight was actually good. Again, we have loved what we've seen out of Travinsky and his bat. I mean, the dude has been hitting and he's been hitting a, a ton. Um but he had three strikeouts tonight that got past him. Now, some of them may have been miscommunication. I don't know about all that. Um, do you do you sacrifice Malazzo's defense when he's healthy uh, for the offense of Travinsky, or do you sacrifice offense for the defense of Malazzo when he's healthy? Like, I think that's something Jay Johnson's really going to have to consider uh, because Travinci's bat has really helped us a lot lately. It really has. I mean, tonight you saw what he did, uh, and it, that's been the norm for him. Um, you saw Milazzo in the lineup. You know, we kind of mentioned that a little bit, but I guess his knee's still bothering him. But it worked out. I mean, Travinsky's hitting two has hit two bombs tonight. Uh, he has been consistently hitting, and I think you're going to have a tough decision. If if Travinsky, you know, if if we come in, uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, the whole Malazzo Travinsky, I mean, I've really enjoyed his bat. I, we like, I mean, honestly, when it comes to to uh, to that, you you kind of like. I don't know. I feel like I lean offensive, honestly. Um, Blake says, I don't understand people blaming defensive issues on Hayden. Yeah, all the defensive issues have not been Hayden's fault. I've seen a lot where they've been kind of laying the stuff at at, at Travinsky's feet, and that's just yeah. that's just not true. Um, there, there has been a time or two when he probably should have gotten a ball. Uh, like the last one, the last one he got – that he allowed it to go by him. He should have blocked it up. He tried to kind of snag it with his glove, and he should have got down and, and blocked it. But that's stuff I feel like that he can work on uh, uh, with with the coaches if they want to keep his bat in the lineup. Um, we've seen a few times when he's actually had a really good arm, too, uh, and throwing guys out. Um, so I think that's a, a decision you're going to have to make. What do, you, what do you think about that with Malazzo? It's seeming – 
like he is about to be healthy. What do you make of that decision with Jay Johnson? Well, the way that Hayden Travinsky is hitting right now, I don't think you can take him out of the lineup. I mean, the way that he's hitting right now, that'd be like asking Jay Johnson to take out Braden Joe Bear or or taking out, you know, yeah. somebody that's hitting like Jacob Barry. Um, and you're just not gonna do that. Like I believe Blake stated it on the last show uh, on Monday night. The dude's hitting like five hundred something yeah. in SEC play. Like he's it's really tearing it's really good the baseball up right now, and you're just not going to take somebody that is hitting like that out of the lineup. At least you shouldn't, in my opinion. You and you're LSU, not going to get that from Alazo. I mean, unfortunately, and you're not. You're not. You're not. Does does. Do you have better defense whenever Milazzo's out there? Yes. Do you probably take runners off the base pads when Milazzo's out there? Yes. But to me, LSU is in a position right now to where they're going to have to outscore opponents. Like, it's kind of gotten to that point where we realize what the defense is because it's been consistently bad. It'd be one thing if it, you know, happened over a small span of games or, you know, was here and there spotty. Exciting news for Beloso. Love who had it. just the kind of a freak accident uh, opening night. <laughs> yeah, and now that's a huge well, what do you question. Do with like, what do you do with Beloso? If he um, comes out red hot. Yeah, Reagan, that's that's a big question. We talked about that last night, uh, at least the other night in the spaces. I know that third base is not where a lot of people really – want Jacob Barry at, but I feel like he's more of a liability over and right than he is at third. Yeah. In, in my opinion, I think he is better off at third than he is in right field. Yeah. So if Veloso comes back, I think you stick Braden Joe Bear in right. I think you put Doty at short. You put Barry at third. You put Thompson at second. Trey, of course, stays at first because I know a lot of people are going to go, what about Kay Beloso putting him at first and moving out, you know, um, Trey Morgan in the right field? I, I would not do that. I would not suggest that either. I don't think Jay Johnson will go that route. And then you put Beloso at DH. Put Beloso at DH. You know, That's obviously gonna he's still going to be – yeah. yeah, and you're still going to – he's still going to be coming off the injury. You know, I'm sure he's not uh, completely 100%. I know he's batting right now, but – you know, he's probably not completely 100%. And so, you know, a better thing for him would to be in a DH role to where he's not having to play the field and and maneuver his body and, and, and you know, yeah. deal with play after play out in the field. Give him a DH position, let him hit, let him get back into the rhythm of the game. And I think, like you said, Reagan, that's probably your best offensive lineup. I mean, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, if Beloso's not going to be in the lineup, like if you want Beloso in the lineup, how you just said is probably your best option. But if you're not going to have Beloso in the lineup, oh, 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 Beloso almost just put one in the gap. The center fielder ran it down, but he almost put one in the gap, y'all. Uh, inning over, but that was good to see Beloso up to bat. That was awesome. Uh, I hate that, that the season started off the way it did for him, but we've liked to yeah. see what Joe Bear's done. But back to what I was saying, um, I think if you want Beloso in the lineup, that's what you're going to have to do. I, I fully agree with that. Um, if not, if, if if he still needs to continue to heal, whatever it may be, um, I, I think you you put Barry at at DH and 
you put Joe Barron right and put Bianco at short. If you want to, if you want your defense to be better, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. But if you want your and that's two, been the question, Reagan. Do, do what bats do you sacrifice in order to put out your best fielding team out there? I think you um, sacrifice yeah. Malazzo's bat. I yeah. I would I would rather have. I mean, who? I mean, to think to think about it honestly, you are sacrificing Geo's bat if you put Bianco out at short. I mean, that's honestly what you're doing, because it if you want to. I mean, and Beloso though, if Beloso's healthy. Yeah. So I mean, if you want solid defensive play, maybe not your best, but solid. I think you put Cranford or Bianco, whatever at short, Doty at third, Brain Jobert at right. Barry DH. That's gonna probably be your best defensive and offensive lineup at the same time with Travinsky behind the plate. Like you're sacrificing some at some places, and I think you're sacrificing a little bit of both in that situation, right? You're sacrificing maybe a better bat uh for, for Bianco to be at short. Uh and, and is is me is Gio really a better hitter than Bianco? I'm not I'm I mean, maybe a little bit better. Uh, but not much that I think you would put Barry back at third and Doty at short, and then Geo back and right for. I mean, I, I don't think that's there's enough there to do that, in, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I, I would well, rather. I think, see him. I think you have to label some guys as the untouchables, you know, guys that you are not going to take out of the lineup, and you know those guys that are untouchables are, in my opinion, right now, you know, Dylan Cruz. Trey Morgan, Kay Doty, um, Jacob Barry, um, Braden Joe Bear, and at this point, Hayden Travinsky. And I mean, that's that's six guys, Reagan. I mean, that's that's basically your entire lineup. Um, and you know, uh, Gavin Dugas, he's been struggling a little bit right now. Um, hasn't had the, the greatest season like he did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I expect him to kind of pick things up. It seems like he just maybe hasn't yeah. been seeing the ball well. Um, yeah. He struck out a lot. He, I mean, even in the Auburn series uh, this past weekend, he struck out a lot. Uh, and a lot of those were swinging, but some of those were, you know, uh, some of those were not swinging. And so, you know, I don't want to sacrifice Dugas, but maybe that's something that they need to do for a game, or maybe that's something they need to do for a series to try and wake him up because we know that Dugas can hit. And we, me and you yeah. both love Gavin Dugas. We want him in the lineup. I, I'd prefer him to be in the lineup. Um, but maybe, you know, with this shuffling of the lineup and, and Beloso seems like now he's potentially available, maybe that's something that Jay Johnson does to try and wake up Gavin Dugas a little bit because I have been a little disappointed with, with his season so far. Not in an angry or upset way, but you just want to see him get going. Yeah, I, 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 I think he will. I honestly do think he will. Um, I mean, he was seeing the ball so well at at the end of the season. It, I mean, it was impressive. I mean, Gavin saved us so many times last season. Uh, yeah. like specifically the uh, Texas San Antonio game when it was back and forth in extra innings, and it felt like it was over with. And then with two two outs, two strikes, it felt like it was over with. Gavin hits a two-run home run to tie it again, and then we go on to win that game. Uh, I mean, and then you look at the Eugene series. Gavin yeah. was big in that series. Um, I think he hit two home runs in one game, maybe in the first game we played them. But 
I, I think he'll 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 I think he'll get going at some point this season. I, I, and I hope to see that, especially you know, being the leader of the team, the senior on the team, wearing number eight. You you want to see that for him. Uh, also, I, Michael Fowler is on the mound tonight. That is, I think this is his first appearance of the season. Uh, I was actually mentioning that to Bobby before we got on. Two guys that you haven't seen that you saw uh, in on the roster that was Michael Fowler and Jason Bowman in, in the pitching that you haven't seen yet. Uh, also, I think he might have appeared er, early in the season, but I, I could be wrong on that. But nonetheless, he hasn't he hasn't been out there hardly at all this season. Yeah, maybe somebody if, can give us an update all. on on Jason Bowman. I, I wanted to know about him as well. Maybe he's got an injury or whatnot, or hey, and hasty as well. Uh, that's another left-handed pitcher that you could put in the lineup. But um, it looks like the Tigers are going to capitalize on this one. Um, we we were trying to uh, get away to get one of our our cousins on here, Mister Layton Sheremy. He is a a state fan. Unfortunately, he works during our show during the times we do the show. Uh, but we were going to have him on to give us some reaction or some thoughts on the series with State. Um, he said that uh, all you need to know about this year with State is that Sims is done for the year, which uh, we knew that. He said their hitting is inconsistent. They're a very young team with loads of talent, but they just don't have the experience yet. And that seems like what it really has been for State. Uh, considering who they've lost to and just how they've struggled, uh, the loss to Landon for uh, of Landon Sims was was huge. Um, but I like the Tigers in this series. I really do. Considering the struggles of State, um, uh, considering how we played on the road against Florida, uh, I think we can really go in here and 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 uh, have a great series this weekend. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. And you know, it's it, it, what he mentioned, what Layton mentioned about state is, you know, some similarities there with LSU. You know, a young team that's been inconsistent. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see which team breaks breaks through this weekend uh, with both of the teams in a similar position. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing I wanted to mention, then we'll move forward here with baseball. Um, as I know, we've been upset maybe a little disappointed what has happened here recently, especially with the way it has happened with the fielding. Um, you are honestly still not in a bad position with the SEC. Looking at the standings, I mean, you don't have worse of a record than anybody in the West other than two teams. Arkansas is number one, and Auburn is number two at five and four. If you win this past weekend series, you're second in the SEC which is tough to swallow considering how we lost and who we lost to it being Auburn. Auburn is at second in the West right now. I don't think that's how it finishes, but every other team in the West is four and five other than Auburn and Arkansas. And you also look at um, the East. Obviously, Tennessee is the top, and you have uh, Vanderbilt. On top of everybody. Uh, yeah, on top of everybody. And then you have Vanderbilt. Um, but – I can't remember how many, but the rest of them might have like are three and six in the SEC. So honestly, you are not in a bad position in the SEC. You have seven weekends left in yeah. the SEC. You can turn it around. And here's an interesting fact. Last year, through three series of the SEC, you were one and eight. You're four and five right now. Last year you were one and eight to start SEC play. 
through three weekends. So you're honestly off to a better start than last year. Not what you expected maybe out of this season, but you're in a good position. You, you're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. So go take care of business this weekend in Starkville and get yourself back in the running. Honestly, you can be right back to second place if you take care of business in Starkville this weekend. We'll move from the diamond here, and we'll move forward to some football action. Zach, what is the latest on spring football, some recruiting updates? Honestly, haven't heard much here lately. Um, I, I don't know if you got to see the Frank Wilson video uh, today or when it came out. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I love yeah. the Frank Wilson. I love the videos that LSU Media has been putting out with spring practice, uh, getting letting you kind of know the coaches and where they're at and – how they're getting into the groove of things with the new staff uh, and, and and moving into spring practice. You saw, obviously, Brian Kelly won, the, the Denbrock won, and now you've seen Frank Wilson. I really love those, and I think they're great yeah. for the program. Uh, anything new that you can update on? So uh, I'll, I'll go recruiting first, and then I'll come back to uh, some spring and just some things mm-hmm. that I've taken from the spring practice. Um, so two things in recruiting. So Tyler Steen obviously has been one of LSU's big targets on the offensive line, a guy that they are trying to uh, get to come to Baton Rouge, uh, potentially a guy that would come in and be an immediate starter. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he would have to compete for that position, but very likely a guy that would come in and be an immediate impact guy, a starter on on your offensive line once you go into Florida State. I'm hearing word that potentially leaning towards Bama now. Uh, that doesn't mean that LSU is out of it by any means. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure LSU is going to make a, a really big push on him um, before his decision. You know, I think we are being told uh, that there would be a decision early this week, and there still hasn't been a decision yet. So I think there's a lot that's going on right now with Tyler Steen um, in the transfer portal between him, uh, LSU, and Bama. Michael Daughtry uh, had a really good visit uh, to LSU, um, expecting a possible commitment from him here in maybe a week or so, potentially. Um, So something to monitor there with Michael Daughtry. He seems like he's an LSU lean. um, So that's that's really exciting for LSU. That's all I got on the recruiting front. Now, spring football, um, I'll tell you, player Reagan, that's really stood out to me here recently from just watching – the footage on YouTube and all that type of – and just all the things that we, we can see um, uh, through social media. But to me, Corey Connors looked really good. I know we've we've mentioned yeah. John Emery, uh, but Corey Connor has slimmed up a bit, and I've seen a lot of him. Um, he looks like he's in really good physical form. Indeed. And I'm excited for him. I know we've also got Noah Kane. Noah Kane, of course, will not be coming in until um, – the summer or uh, close to the fall, I believe. Um, so I know there's a lot of guys there, but Corey Connor has looked good. Now I know there's been a lot of talks surrounding miles Brennan, and there's been a lot of talk surrounding, you know, this 65 yard touchdown that he threw, but I do want to say that he also has looked good in the footage that I've seen him, you know, he's looked more poised. Um, you can really see the work that BK and Denbrock has done with him, and and that's very encouraging. Now, Reagan, here is something that I want to mention about Miles Brennan because I know that there are a lot of people out there that they will listen to us or they'll listen to 
uh, Blake or they'll listen to whoever. Uh, if you're in Twitter spaces and you listen to p- different people's opinions, um, and they get this idea that we are against Miles Brennan. Um, for for I know for us, Reagan, we are not against Miles Brennan. Uh, in fact, it is my opinion. Yeah, first off, he comes from Mississippi, which obviously born we are born and raised Mississippi, Memphis area. And so, you know, him coming out of high school, we were a big fan of Miles Brennan. And Absolutely. we want to see Miles Burning succeed, especially with him coming from Mississippi. Uh, he wears number 15, which is my favorite number. Uh, I wore <laughs> it whenever I was playing football. You know, Matt Flynn kind of sparked that passion in me uh, with the number 15 jersey. And so um, we are by no means whatsoever, listeners, we are by no means against Miles Brennan. In fact, I believe what would be best for LSU, Reagan, and, and this may sound crazy to some of our some of our listeners, to some of our viewers, those that are listening on the podcast, uh, and those that are watching live now. It is, in my opinion, that the best case scenario for LSU is somebody like a Miles Brennan, somebody like a Garrett Nussmeyer, beats out Jaden Daniels because that means that they outworked Jaden Daniels and that the talent that they had on the field. And through the work that they put in in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, yep. all of that carried into them becoming the starting guy. And so, for me, that's best case scenario for LSU. There's a lot of people that they look at the quarterback position, and and whenever there's a QB competition, they want to know, you know, by yeah. springs in or before the fall gets started, you know, before fall fall practice gets started. They want to know who the starter is. And I, I get that point. I get that, you know, because you want to be able to have your guy that is getting all the reps with the ones. But it's my it's of my opinion that it is better for LSU if you still go into the fall and there's still a yeah. competition. If you're yeah. getting close to Florida State and there's still competition, because that means that the guys, both the guys in the quarterback room are pushing each other. Um, yeah that they are making it a hard decision for the coaching staff to make a decision on who will be the starter. And I fully believe that with this staff, you know, in the last staff, maybe not, maybe you're saying, Oh, well, you know, they're struggling because they're struggling to find out a starter because there, there's guys that they got two guys, three guys that aren't performing well, and they're trying to figure out who's the best. But in this situation with Brian Kelly, with Joe Sloan, with Mike Denbrock, I have full confidence that if we get into the fall, if we get close to Florida State and there's still a QB competition, it's because those guys that Mike Denbrock and BK and Joe Sloan have put in the time with, they are doing their darndest yeah. um, to earn that starting role. And that's what I want to see. So in my opinion, I know a lot of people, they're going, it's Jaden Daniels. Why would Jaden Daniels be brought in here? And I, I'm with that. Like, in my, it's my of my opinion. If you were to give me, a, a, if if I was a bet man, I and, and I had to bet right now, I would say Jaden Daniels is going to be the starter against Florida State. But what I would love to see is somebody like Garrett Nussmeyer, somebody like Miles Brennan, mainly not mainly not Miles Brennan because it seems like those are the top two guys. It seems like it's Miles Brennan and JD. You know, it's their job to earn. And so, for me. You know, I would love to see it if somebody pushes JD, and it, it, this this isn't something that's just handed to JD. I, and I know the staff, 
they're not going to do that. And so I love the work that Miles has been putting in the spring. I know we give him a lot of, uh, you know, criticism and we assume that JD probably gets the job, but uh, I love to see the work that Miles Brent is putting in here early. Balcony Bengals here saying love everything we've seen from the staff. Totally different from the order circus. No question. It I was mean, a circus. I mean, you are seeing players be, I feel like be more responsible, obviously more accountable of each other. Um, I mean, you are, I mean, it is a, it's a different feel. I mean, they are expected, I think a lot more than what they were before. Um, and I'm excited about it. I mean, the talent that we have, what you can do with some discipline with the talent we have is it's an awesome like thought to, to consider what LSU can be with the talent that we have. And then you pair it with some discipline and some competence and responsibility and accountability. It's and good play calling, good play calling, you know, not first time ever play calling. <laughs> um, Lord of mercy. Instead, you have Denbrock, who's been calling plays for years, called plays for a national championship team, called plays for a team who was just in the playoffs. So, yeah, you you love this. You love this. Uh, one player I've really liked to see so far, and the video clip has kind of gotten around, is Malik Neighbors. Uh, I mean, yeah. for him as a sophomore, to be telling a guy like Joe Fouché, who's played in the SEC for several years, yep. like, hey, a I told captain you in the SEC. Yeah, a, captain, a senior a, veteran a, player, SEC West team. For him to go and snag a ball in the end zone like that, and then turn to Fouché and be like, "Hey, I told you it's going to take a long time." Hey, you gotta love it, man. I mean, competition builds we, character. We are. It's it seems really competitive out there. Uh, not a not a right. not a bad competition. Like that seems like a good competition, right? Like a, yeah. like a push you to be better competition. Um, and sure. I mean, based off that statement, it sounds like you know they've had other conversations, right? Like, hey, man, I told yeah. you it's gonna take you a long time. Uh, you love that kind of stuff. I mean, it, what you're seeing coming out of spring practice, you love to see, and that's what is so awesome about what Brian Kelly has done for the media is <laughs> you're getting to see more of what they're doing, and I feel like that almost brings a more count. Their whole thing is accountability. And when you open things up completely, that almost brings more accountability to the coaching staff to do, yeah. like make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and you love that. Wide receiver university versus DBU can't beat it. Hey, I don't care what anybody says about Alabama's receivers, whatever, whatever. The numbers don't lie. Since 2000, LSU. since 2008, nobody had more receivers drafted than LSU. And who's performing? The right best. Now. Exactly. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Guys like DJ Chark, Russell Gage. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, and you know what also is interesting? He mentioned DBU. Um, Greg Brooks has <laughs> been going off. Greg Brooks has been having He's a been good going one off. Y'all in the chat, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure – um, from what I've gathered, he has he's had six interceptions in the last five days of practice. I, I could be wrong on that. So y'all fact check me on that. But I mean, holy cow. I mean, the dude's getting like 
uh, he's he's averaging over an interception over an interception a day in practice. The, I mean, he's picking off everybody left and right. Jaden Daniels, Miles Brennan, Walker Howard, Gus Nussmeyer. He's just taking yeah. everybody. He's he's a, he's a he's a, he's a and what uh, I think Blake said it in his show the other day. You know, he he's he's a junior Tyron Matthew. You know, he's he, he's yeah. turning into a junior Tyron Matthew. Like he takes what he wants. And Tyron Matthew put it out there. Like hey, he said, Tyron Matthew tweeted, "Hey, Greg Brooks Brooks is next up." Yep. And you love to see it. And and our our good friend Austin Louie, Mister Louie, he came on our show and said that Greg Brooks had not reached his ceiling yet. That he I actually texted him yesterday. Go, more, go do more than what he had at Arkansas, and you love to see it. All right, we need to move forward here so we can get to our Tell Me TA segment. We're going to hit a quick break, and then we will get to the Tell Me TA segment. So y'all go ahead and start firing them in and, and, and hitting your Tell Me TA. Tell me something good. And we'll get to them right, back, right after this. Five-star hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Five Star Hero. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, Attorney at law. Yeah, tell me, T A. Y'all need to get them in here. Y'all need to get them in here so we can get to it. Tell me, T A. I'll get it started, Reagan. Tell me, T A. All right. Hey, actually, I think I'm about to bust you out, Reagan. I I am about to bust you out. All of our, all of our listeners, all on the podcast, all of our watchers. I'm gonna tell you a little secret about Reagan. See, oh, Reagan no. has a nickname. All right. Wow. Now, y'all have been calling me Shorty. You know, I get five seven. Y'all have been calling me Zach Efron. I ain't ashamed. You know, all, all these different things. But Reagan has a nickname. We call him Roo. Roo Roo. So tell me, Roo Roo. What is your opinion <laughs> of uh the comments that Shaquille O'Neal made? Yes. Uh, on on LSU, um, not um, let me see how I want to phrase this. Um, catering, not giving the best opportunities, I guess, for Sharif. You know, what's what's your what's your take on that? Um, I'm not too fond of them, honestly. Um, I think Will Wade. Um, if we can say anything, I know he's a cheater, and everybody hates him. Whatever, whatever. I, I mean, I. I, I'm over the whole Will Wade thing. I, I love Will Wade to death. Look, Balcony Bengals, I know y'all love Will Wade. I know I know y'all loved him to death, but I'm starting to try to move on. My heart is trying to move on from that. And uh, But if we can say all things about Will Wade, I think it's that he cared about his players. And I think that Shaquille O'Neal coming on and saying that um, – that he they didn't take care of Sharif O'Neal is I, I, I hate to say this I think it's kind of an ignorant statement uh, I, I think he was well taken care of 
uh, and his injuries, I think he was he was uh, very uh, like we 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 really took time with him, and we we spaced out his time, and we started giving him some some minutes, you know, and kind of worked him back in. I just I, I don't I think his statement of they didn't take care of him was a my guy didn't get his minutes like he should have type of statement. Uh, you know, because his his comment was, you know, they didn't take care of him. He needs to go somewhere where he can show off his talent and blah, 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 blah. So I think he was honestly kind of jaded that he didn't uh, get much playing time. I, I don't know. I didn't appreciate it, honestly. And honestly, as an LSU, you know, as an LSU alum, I feel like you should do better by your, your alumni. Um, and I mean, come on, dude. He was at Arizona. He was at UCLA. LSU is his third school and he's transferring again. Do you really think it's the school's fault? Come on guys. Come on. All right. We got some tell me TAs in here. Throw them up there. Predictions for the masters. Zach. (laughs) Okay. First off, Balcony (laughs) Bengals. Love you guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we're in Baton Rouge and get to hang out with y'all. Um, our boy Bobby, our producer behind the scenes, is planning actually our next trip to Baton Rouge. It'll be uh, Friday night, the 22nd of this month, and uh, Saturday the 23rd for the spring game. Balcony Bengals, I got to be honest with you, I do not watch golf. But you know what kind of golf I do watch? And if 80s watching right <laughs> now, he's going to hate me for this, and Reagan probably too. I watch disc golf. I love me some disc golf. And guess what? The disc golf season has just started. If y'all ever want to watch some really good disc golf, go on YouTube, go subscribe to Jomez Pro, and they release all of the tournaments. Uh, the P- Disc Golf Pro Tour is going on right now. And, <laughs> yes, hashtag nerd alert. And I'm pumped. Reagan, I got to go out the other day. I got to play me some disc hey. golf. The weather was beautiful. It was nice. And I went and I shot me like a – we only played the front nine. Maybe. We played. We played the front nine. I shot two down. Went back. I shot four down on the back nine. There you go. There you Six go. Six down on my first time back for. Uh, it was no, five minutes. Oh no! Gosh. <laughs> hey, I gotta tell you okay, something. I'll, guys. I'll zip. I'll zip it with the disc golf. Y'all want to know something? You're looking at a collegiate oh. disc golf player. Yes, sir. They beat all this. Twice, twice they beat Ole Miss. Anyway, we beat them twice. We also uh, with the Masters um, again. I don't like Zach. I don't watch much golf. I, I try to watch sometimes because my in laws are are big time golf family. So I, I try to watch. I try to keep up so I can maybe have some conversation with my in laws every now and then. Um, I think it's kind of cool that that Tiger might play, that would be kind of incredible considering the injury that he had. Um, but just for you, Balcony Bengals, I will keep up with it as much as I can. Um, I, they play during the day. Obviously, they play during the day, and I have classes during the day. But we will see how it it, it goes. So, uh, two Koreans. Bobby is one-fourth Korean, so he, he's got to <laughs> throw that out there. He's got he's to pull for his heritage, man. This is Gant, and my dad is going to be there without me. Dang, he's going to Augusta without you? Golly. All right, throw up the next Tell Me T.A., Bobby. What's the next one? I think it was A.D. down there. Yeah. 
Okay. There Who's we go. your favorite all-time LSU athlete, regardless Ooh. of sport? It's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough mm. one. It is. It is. It sure is. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to do an outlier because I feel like me and you would both say Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Shiesty. Joe Burr. Shiesty Shades. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, our, our dude uh, Brandon in the balcony of Eagles, he's got the shiesty shades. Yeah, he does. He can flex them every yeah. now and then too. So, uh, but but I mean, for me, Reagan, um, it's got to be between two guys. All right, and it's football. Me and you, we grew up on football. Love football. You know, that's our most favorite sport. Um, you know, although no you know, I played some basketball, played some disc golf, <laughs> I was probably better at both of those than I was football. But um, <laughs> for me, it's got to be between Jacob Hester and uh, Tyra Matthew. Um, Jacob Hester is the reason that me and Reagan absolutely fell in love with LSU sports. If it's not for mm-hmm. Jacob Hester, you probably don't have TA, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Is that fair to say, Reagan? I, I think so, yeah. I think it's fair to say if you don't have Jacob Hester, you don't have TA because – Jacob Hester is the reason you won the Florida game in 07. Jacob Hester is the reason you won a lot of games in 07. Um, I mean, he was a huge contributing factor to that 07 team. Um, he was LSU's, you know, main My back team. on that 07 national championship team. You had guys like Keelan Williams. Um, they had other guys there that were absolute studs. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's, it's either him or Tyre Matthew because Tyre Matthew changed the game. I've never seen in my entire life a a athlete, a football player, play football and make the plays that Tyron Matthew did in 2011. I yeah. mean, the plays that he made were unreal. So, for me, I don't know if I can just choose one AD, but it, it's probably between those two. So, you can hate me for not choosing one, but it's between those two for me. Um. Okay, so – Mm. Yes, I would say Joe Burrow. If we're, I mean, I, I mean, okay. I mean, I think every LSU player. He's the outlier. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna have a statue. I mean, no, nobody's ever gonna wear number nine again. I mean, let's get real. Uh, nobody's ever gonna what wear. About UAD. Send us so I, I just. So let's not. I mean, so this may be a shock. Maybe a shock. Maybe not. Um, I, I mean, Tyron Matthew, Jacob Hester. I mean, yes. I think the most – if we had to say, I think my most favorite, most fun to watch of all time is a more recent athlete, Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase that, really fun to watch. I I don't know if there was a more – I mean, Tyron Matthew was an electric player. But an offensive, offensively an electrifying player like that, that just made so many incredible catches, so many just like blow the top off plays, incredible moments. I mean, I will forever when he moss digs for, in the Bama game. That is that's what I was about to say. I will forever remember the moment he went up and caught that touchdown after the two of fumble. Incredible. Incredible. I absolutely love it. I, I was thinking about saying Pat P. Pat uh, Peyton. I was thinking about saying Pat P. too because he's one of our Devin he, White. He's one of the ones who got us in there. 
Devin White, honorable mention. That dude is a freak athlete. That is a freak. I mean, for him to move across the field as fast as he is, as big as he is, is incredible. But I'm going to say Jamar Chase. I know that's more recent, um, but I can't recall a more electrifying offensive player than Jamar Chase. I mean, there are – I mean, you think about uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Um, you think about, shoot, uh, Terrence Tolliver and um, Travin Durrell and, uh, man, who else? But, I mean, you think about those guys, I, I don't know if any of them – are as electrifying as what Jamar Chase was. I mean, just a game changer. So he's incredible. And he's going to be – he's one of the best receivers in the league already. I mean, that's that's hard to say. But All right, next, tell me, T.A., what we got? Who's the best Hoover – okay, it's Zach. I mean, I think, I think it's pretty easy to say. Zach is – I mean, I mean, it, let's get – I mean, if you want me to be honest with you, if Zach had some height on him, he could really play basketball for real. Like for real, I don't know about that. I really don't Zach, know about that. Let me but. let me tell you, Danny Atley. <laughs> as a as a bigger dude, let me tell you something. As a bigger dude who isn't as fast as Zach, it is extremely obnoxious to play basketball with Zachary Lee because he is absolutely <laughs> relentless with his speed and his effort to go get a rebound on his own miss. And he loves to shoot floaters because he's not tall enough to really just go in and drive over you. He's going to float it over you. And then when he knows he's missed it, he's going to sprint around you to get it. He is relentless. So, yeah, the best hooper. I, I appreciate that, Reagan. I appreciate that. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a good hooper or whatever. I mean, I mean, Reagan, boy, you shoot it every now and if then. you put me and Reagan on the same team, it's over. My boy, my boy Reagan be getting the boards. And the putbacks, I don't have to worry so much about getting the boards whenever my boy I step out of my now blood, now. my blood is there to, to get the putback. <laughs> what else we got, Bobby? Throw it in there, throw it in there. Let's see. Tell me, TA, what is your favorite balcony this? Come on, balcony dingles. You already know. The one with the squirrel on it. The one that's <laughs> The one that stole the seed on the on the balcony. Oh, oh, only they will know. Does Zach have eligibility for hey, LSU basketball next hey, season? I have got a friend. His name's Braxton oh Miller. He literally DM'd Coach McMahon. Literally DM'd Matt Did McMahon. He really? He's got two years of eligibility left. He started every game here at Williams. He's honestly a really good shooter. I mean, this is the this is the NAI <laughs> Braxton half, not Miller. Yeah, he's at the NAI level. Hey, he he. I mean, no. Well, maybe pun intended. He shot his shot. I mean, he DM'd Matt McMahon. So give my boy. Pun hey, y'all. Hey, everybody uh, DM Matt McMahon. Braxton half can hoop. Get him in there. Bobby, fire in some of those uh, all-time favorites for us so we can wrap up the show with that. That'd be a good way to wrap up the show. Oh, Leonard Fournette. Mm. Kevin Falk, absolutely. Leonard Fournette. Who put – Bobby put Dan – oh, my gosh. This boy put Danny Antlin. All-time greatest game manager. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Flow game – he really, really is, bro. It's – Joe, brr. yeah, brr. float game is is uh, from Zach is kind of kind of ridiculous. 
AD, Alex Brennan, AD's no got doubt. a and he's got Skylar Green in there as well. I think my all-time yeah. favorite baseball player had to do it is Cole Freeman. I love Cole Freeman, man. Maybe not your best player, my, but my favorite player. Mine's same team, different player. It's probably Kramer. I love Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because we, for, he has struggled so much before uh, that that season. Tremont Waters, a boo. That boy can shoot. A that last second shot layup against uh, this man. <laughs> that Max. last second shot, Max against, Rich. Uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're seeing, we're seeing our our. So, there our it is. Moderator, our producer, whatever you will call yeah. him. <laughs> Kim Mulkey's son. Kim Mulkey's. You know, we actually. I don't know if I shared the story on here. We actually got to meet Kim Mulkey at in Oxford. Um, we did. We we came to. We, obviously, we live in Mississippi, North Mississippi. Oxford is an easy hour away from where we lived. Um. Freddie Mitchell, uh, Mikey Malta. We love Mikey Malta. That's an OG. Yes. An OG. Actually, that, that actually might be my most favorite. That actually is probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Kramer. Um, we got to meet Kim Mulkey. Uh, she – we went to Oxford to to watch the series against Ole Miss, and uh, we sat down, and sure enough, here comes Kim Mulkey. Sits right behind us. So it was really awesome to get to meet her. And get to know her, and here now she is at LSU, and she's one of the greatest women head coaches of all time. Um, so it was actually really cool. It was actually hilarious. She she actually screamed down at the first base umpire because she thought uh, Kramer was safe on a play that he called him out, and she screamed out at the umpire. And some Ole Miss fan turned around and said some things to her, and she said some things back to him. Uh, it was kind of hilarious. I mean, really, I mean, her personality. Also helps her- LSU won the game. Yeah, her tenacious personality, you know, as a fan was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, it was Um, pretty awesome to meet her that night. Jacoby Jones. Yeah. Love Jacoby. Love Jacoby. All right, guys, I think that's about all we got for tonight. We appreciate y'all participating in Tell Me T.A. We love interacting. Uh, We we enjoy having y'all all on. We're going to hit a quick break and then we'll wrap up the show when we get back right after this. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, all right. It's been a great show, guys. Uh, we, we enjoyed uh, interacting with y'all. We wanted to have a little bit of a, a laid-back show, a little bit more interaction, so we appreciate y'all, all y'all's comments. Shout-out to the Balcony Bengals for getting in here and commenting. Gant, we appreciate it. Hopefully, we can get you on here soon, Gant. Hopefully soon, sooner than you may think. We'd love to have you on, man. Uh, can't wait to get you in here. Appreciate y'all listening and all your continued support. We'll see you next time in the Tigers Avenue. Five Star Hero, take us out. Who that, who that five star? Who that, who that five star? And the LSU Tigers, LSU Tigers.